so Rachel, we've got Captain Marvel coming out on Friday. Yes, very exciting. International Women's Day, purposefully, I'm imagining, right? I would imagine so, yeah. Um, but gosh, even we got a glimpse of this with our students today that there's some pushback and, you know, some sense that, you know, maybe Brie Larson shouldn't have been cast as, you know, Carol Danvers. I don't know. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised um, by our students' kind of critiques of the film before they had even seen it. Um, The idea that Captain Marvel was perhaps a superhero who was too powerful. Um, And then Brie Larson, the critique that Brie Larson shouldn't have taken this role as an actor of a higher caliber, um, that she's kind of like degrading her craft by by taking on a superhero role for like a major studio. Um, these critiques were very, very interesting to me. Um, the students were very heated about their in their convictions. Yeah, yeah, maybe somehow representative, though, right? This kind of strange idea that, um, you know, the superhero type can't have a complexity driving it from kind of internally through casting, right? So, right. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. But I guess my big thing is just looking out at the internet too and this kind of toxic fandom that's just ready to jump on things without it having even been like released. Like you said, it hasn't even hit the movies, and yet there's people saying, I'm not going to go see it. And sure. Yeah, there's this like, um, it, it, is almost reminiscent of the comic book burnings of like the 1940s and 50s. <laughs> like we're having a superhero film burning of the of the 2010s um, that feels strangely similar to the anti-comics backlash um, that it, that occurred around the seduction of the innocent and the the trials um, back in the 1950s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, and there's this weird entitlement, right? It's coming from people that you know, seem to think that, you know, um, maybe we can't have a female lead or that the female lead, um, if they are, you know, in a movie shouldn't be complex or complicated or, you know, acted by someone like, you know, Brie Larson, um, or finally, um, attacking Brie Larson. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I mean, I, I just think that there's such um, Captain Marvel w- will be able to bring in so many fans um, of the comics uh, who see themselves reflected in Carol um, and will open the doors for that fandom to kind of be represented within the MCU. Um, and yet there's this like preemptive backlash against that happening, even though it's kind of already happened. <laughs> like Carol Core is definitely already a thing, you know? So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, and then there's I, I hear people make the argument um, th- on the other side saying, you know, this is really important for women and for young women and for little girls like my little girl. And yes, that is absolutely true. But then I keep thinking when I see some of the little boys in my daughter's classroom, like they need role models like this, too. They, oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Um, that's what I guess is kind of disturbing to me about this critique of um, that we heard our students saying of Captain Marvel being like too powerful or um, 
it's just <laughs> troubling to me because it, it shows how deeply entrenched these beliefs are about who can have power, um, that they haven't seen the film, and yet they are like worried that, oh no, a too powerful superhero is going to enter the MCU, which of course, like, we would never have that reaction, I, I don't think, if we're talking about someone like Thor or something like, like Iron Man or Captain America, right? Um, yeah, so. Yeah, and I'm really hopeful that um, the this dual team, right, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, having kind of cut their teeth on more sort of dramatic films are also going to bring that texture into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with, you know, really hopefully utilizing um, Brie Larson for all that she can bring to her roles, right? She's so very, very varied and so rich in the way that she can act. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this movie. Um, but if we... Let's step back a little bit um, in the Captain Marvel kind of comic book universe. Um, you mentioned a kind of earlier moment. And when was it? 1967 or so? Um, and, of course, it was a, a male protagonist, uh, you know, superhero. Um, but I don't know, Rachel, maybe you have a better sense of, like, how the character has been sort of tra- transformed and especially coming coming from a feminist angle. Sure. I mean, um, I taught um, – I also work for the Columbus College of Art and Design, and last semester I taught Ms. Marvel to that class. And um, – Carol Danvers started out, of course, as Ms. Marvel, um, and there's this very, like, bodacious cover image of her in 2004 as Ms. Marvel with, like, the sash and the no pants and everything. Um, So what we've really seen is a rise of a character that was already within the universe to the ascending to Captain Marvel, um, that that, uh, status, I guess, or that that role. and also in in the process of doing that, opening the doors for a character like Kamala Khan, written by G. Willow Wilson, right, um, who took up the mantle of Ms. Marvel after Carol Danvers kind of evacuated it. Um, but there's this very there's this great Kelly Sue DeConnick cover. Well, she didn't. Um, it's not her cover, but it, it is the cover for her run on on C- Captain Marvel, and it includes the Carol Corps all under Captain Marvel as she's ascending. And I think that Kelly Sue just kind of understood the a dimension of comics that was being forgotten in the in the early two thousands of like that having developing a core fandom and honoring that fandom um, and. The reason people read comics and the reason people read superhero comics is to see themselves represented and 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 to to engage with this kind of media, right? So that's to my mind kind of the trajectory that Carol has taken, um, and it's really exciting to obviously see her see her on the screen. And yeah, yeah, she also um, DeConnick really gave her, you know, just kind of real world skills as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just you know, suddenly waking up with, you know, superhero powers, but she, you know, has this kind of interesting other part to her that we often don't get Mm -hmm. when we have, um, you know, um, superheroes, um, women or superheroes of color, right, in the the Marvel or DC universe. And you're right, too, that there's all, there's a, along with that, 
has been this sense historically that whenever we do get a female superhero, that they've got to have, you know, the really slim waist with the big, you know, tops and, um, you know, the long flowing hair that's completely sort of mostly impractical um, and outfits that have nothing to do with really anything. Really non-functional outfits. Yeah. 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 Um, So... She got pushback, though. I remember when she took over in 2012, Deconic, um, and people were like, this is too, like, feminist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you um, remember or anything around that. Yeah, I think that she just anticipated a wave of... Um Maybe not, maybe anticipated is the wrong word because, of course, um, women and people of color have always been fans of comics. Um, I think she just recognized that and recognized that there would be this real push for a broader, more diverse representation. Um, and as usual, when someone is a little bit ahead of the game, there is there is blowback and there is pushback. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we have to take that. You know, Captain Marvel coming out on Friday, um, you know, story very much inspired by sort of Deconic's, um, you know, reimagining of the character, um, uh, a very kind of really interesting multicultural feminist female sort of core, right, that surrounds her um, as fighter pilots, um, two directors that have worked together successfully, and then Brie Larson. So I don't see like how Friday could not be like successful for everybody, right? Right, and of course we're getting um, Avengers Endgame like later in the year, and plenty of X Men fair. So you know everyone kind of gets what they want. I don't. It's. I guess that's where my frustration about this backlash comes from. Is like. We're still we're still going to have Endgame in a couple months, you know. Like Tony Stark will still be on your screens, uh, along with uh, you know Captain America and and Thor, and I'm excited for that as well. I'm also excited for this this film. I was thinking, you know, I heard um, that Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, you know, and others were like, "Okay, we're done after Endgame. This is, um, um." We're, you know, and I thought, how cool could we have like, sh- you know, Shuri and then Riri Williams and then awesome. Captain Marvel, um, you know, um, X-23 Laura and that sort of the Marvel entertainment world. You know, we're ready, I think, for a new, fresh kind of look and fresh generation. I think so. I told my students um, we did Black Panther a couple weeks ago and I was like, you guys, Shuri is a better scientist than Tony Stark. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it's coming. And I think people want it. Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks, Thanks. Rachel. <laughs>